Neuroscience of Motivation, written by Scott Young, March 2021. In the last lesson, I shared why it was important to think about success in terms of systems, not inspiration. And this isn't because motivation isn't important. Rather, it's because motivation is itself a kind of system. If you can understand it, you can change it. Success as systems may not be so dramatic, but the results speak for themselves. The steady accumulation of wealth, building of fitness, and acquisition of skills aren't going to lead to any Oscar-worthy moments, but the outcome is a better life, provided, of course, that you master the processes that lead to them. Unfortunately, a major challenge in making progress is that our brains simply aren't designed for a lot of the long-range goal-setting that's necessary for success. How motivation works inside your brain. Deep inside your head, nestled behind your brain's neocortex, is a relatively ancient part of the brain known as the basal ganglia. This little blob of tissue receives inputs from many different cortical regions, including your frontal cortex, where thinking and working memory reside, and your motor cortex, which is responsible for physical actions. The problem the basal ganglia solves is that our brains are massively parallel computing structures, billions of neurons and trillions of synapses all firing independently. Yet we need to take one and only one action at a time. If you try to sit down while jogging, you'll probably fall. How the basal ganglia accomplishes this is with a pattern called the motor loop. Basically, it locks all action by default. Only when an action gets enough support from dopamine-carrying neurons from the substantia nigra does it go through. These dopaminergic neurons are trained to be reward predictors, anticipating which set of actions will lead to the best rewards. The circuitry guiding our thoughts and actions is exquisitely complicated. I, I've only tried to provide a crude summary. But it does have a big limitation. Our motivational impulses are remarkably short-term. As motivational researcher Pierre Steele commented in our interview, quote, a week is actually, motivationally, a long, long way off. A couple days, yeah, that's pretty much it. Motivation comes with an eyedropper when you want it and a fire hose at the end. What we want is a nice, tall glass of motivation, but we don't really have that. We have this really messed up system. In brief, while we have an excellent system for predicting rewards and choosing the best action to take, the system is remarkably short-sighted. Messed up, indeed. Imagine water flowing downhill. Neuroscience is fascinating, but it doesn't always give a visceral sense of the implications of this system. And to that end, I'd like to propose a visual metaphor that doesn't capture the full complexity of the computations going on, but gives a good gist. Imagine your motivation as water sitting on a hill. The action you take is determined by where the water flows. It doesn't take a physics doctor to realize that the direction it flows is wherever the slope is the highest. Now, however, imagine that where you want to go is downhill, except there's a slight lip of land keeping the water from flowing further. What happens in real life is obvious. You get a puddle at the top of your mountain. Even if the water wants to flow to the bottom, it can't get over that little hump. We can imagine our motivation similarly. We want to be rich, fit, smart, and successful, but the action required in the short term requires some effort. It's motivationally uphill. Compared to other immediately rewarding alternatives, our impulse will be to procrastinate. Why work hard today for an uncertain future when I can get an immediate dopamine hit from watching Netflix? 
One solution to this problem is simply to try to tilt the playing field. If your motivation is strong enough, temporarily, you might even be able to do it. I like to think of those puzzle games where you have to roll a ball bearing through a maze, but you can only do it by tilting the game as a whole. And as a short-term solution, this works. But often the little humps of motivation required aren't one time, but continuous. Exercising isn't a single cost, but a small amount of effort every time you go to the gym. An alternative, then, is to smooth off the bumps. If you can reduce friction to your goal, the behavior you want to flow can be realized with a much smaller tilt. Another strategy is to dam up the easier paths. Reducing the salience of opportunities when you need to make progress on your goals can make them easier to work on. If the easy escape route is momentarily blocked, you'll be more likely to flow downhill again. Even better is to design a new path for your goal. If you can have it more consistently pointed downhill, the water might flow on its own accord, no smoothing or damming up required. The person who gets in shape by doing an activity they love, dancing, skiing, hiking, may not need nearly as much motivation to continue working at it. Designing better goals. The analogy with water is an imperfect one. Uh, for one thing, water can only roll down in a few directions. The possible actions you can take in any moment is nearly infinite. And thus, attention and beliefs also form constraints in that they limit which actions are even being considered at a particular moment. However, what I hope this idea illustrates is the skill of designing your motivational efforts. If you change the problem from, how do I motivate myself enough to reach this goal, to, how can I design the goal so that motivation is automatic, you'll end up making far more progress. This is the second part in a four-part lesson series. On Monday, I'll be reopening a new session of Make It Happen, which builds on these ideas over six weeks with daily lessons and a framework for improving the systems you use to achieve results. If you want to check it out, go to make-it-happen-course.com and you can sign up for the first announcements. I hope to see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.